It's Russell and Medhurst on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Wednesday edition of Russell and Medhurst. Boy, do we have some stuff to talk about after we talk to our guy Dan Lust. Hi, Pedro. How are you? How you doing? Top of the morning to you. My friends in the parking lot across the street. How you feeling? That I've had a running. You know me. I've had. I I, I cuss these cars out every day, yes. right? Well, I found out exactly how many spots. They're renting this morning. They're like, you can't park here. You can't park here. I'm like, I pay to park in this parking lot. I'm going to park here. We pay for 50 spots. So. Pay- I'm, I'm pissed off. If, if Paige- <laughs> I'm pissed off. And it's a good thing I had to get upstairs to get to the building. Or I'd still be yelling at that person across <laughs> the way right now. If Pedro was like 270 pounds instead of 220 or whatever you are. Uh, he would have probably like collapsed between the parking lot and the studio. Look, <laughs> it was a brutal oh, existence getting in here as it was today, as you had coming from the yeah. west and me coming from the east. Yeah. But when this little smart mouth person over here, they pay for fifty spots. Maybe seven of those vehicles move every day. Yeah. Okay. And I was. I was pissed. <laughs> you know me. I'm I'm the most mild mannered dude. I know. Fiery Pedro. And I Dan Snyder could do whatever he wants, but the parking attendant. Nope. <laughs> it's not even the parking attendant. My guy is great. It was the person that is representing that car uh, thing. I I'm never gonna out them. So Maybe one day I might need my guy Dan Lust to represent me in a court of law as I crush these parking people across the way. Mr. Lust, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm good. I only caught the back half of that conversation. What shenanigans are you up to? What do I need to get you out of this time? <laughs> I was ready to crush somebody in a parking lot across the street where I Don't pay. Do I, Don't Dan, do that. Dan, yeah. Dan, I legally pay for a spot, okay? Just like these other vehicles. The person goes, we we reserve 50 spots. I said, well, I reserve. I'm a monthly parker, too. That's an open spot. I'm going to take it. And this person's, like, monitoring all these ride-sharing vehicles. And I'm just like, hey, I'm see, parking here. I pay my monthly fee just like you. So See, Dan Lust, Dan Lust is a co-host of Con, uh, Conduct Detrimental Podcast, right? Excellent. Uh, a professor, a sports attorney. Are you a sports talk radio show host attorney? <laughs> like, could you represent um, hey, one that might Dan, get thrown in jail? Dan, my conduct this morning was detrimental. <laughs> I can assure you of that. 
I was going to say, a competent attorney would tell you not to attack someone for that, but sometimes <laughs> you have Dan Snyder-esque attorneys that just yes their client and allow them into a shifty situation. So, uh, listen, I'm a, I'm a good attorney. I would tell you not to do that and, and land yourself behind bars somewhere. Dan, what are we looking at here when we see on the surface, of course, this $55 million loan is the is the smoking gun of sorts uh, within the latest story. But as Chris and I were talking about this yesterday, when you have a board member situation that in this case, obviously Dan is one of the board members, how, certainly in a court of law situation, how sturdy are those uh, bylaws that in this case did require approval of other board members before he could take on something like this? So I I guess the question you know, that, that I, I think we're getting to, it's, it's one I've seen on social a lot. Like, how how is what occurred or alleged to have occurred here, how does that rise to the level of, like, federal prosecution and jail time, right, and violating a private agreement between shareholders that doesn't usually end up with you being in jail? Um, so, you know, I think a shareholder agreement is pretty solid, but when you have a, a contract between two individuals, right, it could be a real... Any type of contract, you're buying and selling a car, if you violate that contract, the normal cause of action or the normal course of action is to sue the other person. The prosecutors don't get involved, right? If you break a, you know, a car payment, you know, the, the feds are not coming after you. We're, I think some dots need to be connected, which, um, you know, Don Bandana had this great story at ESPN. We had him on our show last night, and I asked him that question. Like, how do we get from, you know, a violation of a private shareholder agreement to prison? Like, I, I'm, I'm missing that leap. So, guys, just go with me for a second. I imagine your, your entire audience is in the weeds, just you know, like uh, you know, our little our little universes. Yeah. But allegedly, this required board approval. So, you know, this article yesterday has Bank of America is asking for it. Um, you know, everyone's asking for this approval, but somehow the loan closes with the acknowledgement that there was never board approval. That seems to be the reporting from Don Bandata that one of the you know Washington lawyers eventually admits to it. So the question is, right? How does something get approved by the bank without the required approval? So then, right, we'll play some hypotheticals. You guys know I'm a professor. Let's say a hypothetical document was submitted that was not a real and authentic document, right, with the uh, 2023 era of Photoshop and Adobe and what you can do in that, right? I think that's the allegation that's being looked into by the feds, that some type of document maybe have been, right, potentially doctored up or duped in order to pass that type of situation and then guys we're not looking at a breach of a shareholder agreement then we're looking at something closer to bank fraud mm-hmm. which is a, a very different allegation mm-hmm. and 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 you know that's where i was wondering where we were going to go because we've heard you know obviously snyder didn't get the proper approval we've heard goodell signed off on it but then didn't follow up after the mediation uh that they were just in a rush to kind of close this up and now, like you just said, if there's fake documents, essentially that's forgery or bank fraud. Uh, and, and it could be wire fraud, too. And I'm not an expert, obviously, in that. So that's where we rise from, hey, he did something without permission and he did something clearly immoral in terms of business practices to your partners, too. Again, criminal. And then I, I said this to Pete and I've said this to anyone. As soon as I saw the federal the the federal government involved in this in early November in the Eastern District of Virginia, I, I thought Dan was done. 
I, I mean, that was a really bad sign, and I knew something really bad was coming. I didn't know exactly what, but I knew something really bad was coming. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple elements, this, and I you know I don't want to be the the bearer of bad news, but just because the the feds are looking into it doesn't necessarily mean that there's going to be a crime and you're going to get these uh, pictures of Snyder being getting the the perp walk and handcuffs, right? They're they're looking into it, but when you have a fifty five million dollar loan that allegedly is without board approval, right? You you guys said it earlier, the smoking gun. That to me, as an outside person, I have no affiliation with the franchise, right? That appears to be some level of smoke, and there's a lot of smoke emanating from Washington Commanders HQ. And you, it's okay to look under the hood, right? You have these consumer protection uh, complaints filed by the D.C. Attorney General. You have Congress looking into it. So it would be kind of odd if the feds within the DMV jurisdiction didn't take a peek under the hood. But the other part of that story, which I do find fascinating, right, which you guys allude to, is it's kind of like but I guess some, something odd had to have happened, right? Either this loan involved, and again, this is just hypothetical for our purposes, but if something can get approved without – the required document. Um, so let's say there was a, a forge or a fraudulent type document. Okay, so then, then we put the onus back on Snyder. The other version of this is where the NFL, Bank of America, everybody else just said, eh, you know what, we'll just let this thing go through, no big deal. Eh, you don't have the board approvals, no big deal. So then that, that's the other kind of the, you know, door number two you walk down into in you know, the, the, the kind of rabbit hole is like, well, was there some type of cover-up involved? Was the, you know, exhaustive due diligence that Bank of America was supposed to do, did they actually do it? You know, did, did Roger Goodell just sign off on this loan? Right. Knowing that the minority partners hadn't approved. So then you get to this other angle. is like, well, is this a cover-up? Is it a little mm-hmm. bit of door A and door B? So, yeah, for, for all of you know, your listeners that are getting sick and tired of the will Snyder get booted or will he not, right. this is a decidedly new chapter in this where the NFL – and Bank of America might have some culpability. Well, I, I have so many questions because I, I said to Pete yesterday, Bank of America has been a longtime corporate partner of the Washington NFL franchise by any name. And I know they've had you know corporate partnerships with other NFL teams. I'm not sure if they've been a league-wide sponsor or not. So maybe they just, again, overlooked it or looked the other way or 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 just allowed it to go through kind of like a hush hush whatever agreement because hey we've done business with this guy forever i mean we're we're partners with him so we don't have to treat him like pete medhurst or chris russell or dan lost uh, does any of that make sense does that happen in the business world when we're talking about a 55 million dollar loan or, or is, is that a pipe dream well, my, my understanding, again, talking, we spoke to Don Ben Natta last night, and he said, I, I don't think Bank of America is the official bank of the NFL, but I think it's the general understanding that's the main bank that the NFL uses. So, you know, we, we haven't talked about it here, but, like, guys, who, who is Dan Snyder going to to help sell the team? Bank, bank of America. Of America. Yeah, that, uh, that, another thing that, we mentioned yesterday. Well. Absolutely, yeah. So, but that, that certainly plays in here, right? If it's one of your most valued customers, there's all these fancy stuff that banks do, like uh, KYC and, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, CYA. Right. Like, uh, I don't know if it's one of your best customers. Are you going to let something, you know, look the other way? So one one element that you guys and and your listeners should be paying attention to. Dan Snyder is a big fan of these NDAs and confidentiality agreements. And, you know, everybody he works with, I'm sure, has signed 100 different documents. Those documents, by and large, cannot prevent someone from speaking and cooperating to the with the federal government or prosecutors. That is not something that uh, would be prevented by any type of NDA or confidentiality agreement. So. You know, if they weren't already speaking to, you know, John Moog, the minority partners, Bank of America, 
you know, I, I would imagine the feds are knocking on those doors in the, in the wake of the story that came out because those people seem to have answers and whatever NDAs they have seemed to have signed, I, I don't think would apply. So uh, I'm, I'm very fascinated by that particular angle. Is Roger Goodell in any way going to be found or can he be found culpable for any wrongdoing, Dan, with what we at least think we know on the surface, what has been presented, uh, even through the arbitration and the mediation that the uh, three minority owners submitted to uh, and went through uh, during this process? Is there any way that the commissioner and or the league can be found culpable in any of this? You know, is there a lane? Sure. Is it one, uh, you know, I think we, at this point it's, it's a little too premature to say. We don't know that important question about door A and door B, how this loan got approved. You know, was it something that Snyder duped up? Was it just everyone looking the other way? Or was it the NFL and Bank of America and, you know, these all, all these other periphery players, they knew exactly what was happening and made it a conscious effort, as I think Don seems to allege in, in that ESPN article, that, like, you know, everyone kind of knew what was going on and, and moved this thing to the back door. Right. You have, um, you know, I, I, with, I guess with some degree of regularity, we don't necessarily hear about it, but disputes between minority shareholders, you know, minority owners of teams and majority owners. And sometimes they use this private arbitration form, you know, as myself, someone that's been involved in arbitration. It, it, it just seems odd the way that the story was crafted that, hey, these, uh, you know, the minority partners brought it up to the NFL arbitrator. Hey, we actually want you to look into this fifty five million dollar loan. Can you help us with some discovery? And then again, according to the story. NFL and everybody just says, you know what, let's sweep this thing under the rug. And four days later, the case is resolved. And I think, you know, sale documents are being drafted up for that Mm -hmm. 40% share. So, um, you know, again, this is what people need to pay attention to. It's it's an investigation that the feds are looking into. It It doesn't necessarily mean that charges will result. But if enough enough weird things seem to be happening and a lot of zeros are involved, you would think that the feds, right, are going to look into some aspects of financial crime. And I, I think that's what's happening here. The feds are obviously very mum about what's going on, but seems to check a lot of boxes. Yeah, so I may have jumped the gun on the feds being involved in bad news and all that. I mean, you're clearly much more of an expert than me. I just hear the federal authorities and I like immediately go, uh-oh, Dan's getting carried out in handcuffs. I realize that may not happen. I realize charges may not file. I just don't think it's a good thing, obviously, even to be accused of any sort of federal crime or any God. sort of uh, federal investigation. See, here's what I wanted to ask you. I And I think I talked about this with Pete yesterday. Uh, uh, maybe I talked about it with somebody else. I don't know. You know how this works. We have so many different conversations. Hard to keep straight. All of this happening with them finding out about the $55 million loan and the fact that they didn't know about it and the fact that it violated the shareholder agreement in, I guess, roughly April 2020. We know the beep hit the fan in terms of the name change, and it was driven by Fred Smith. The FedEx field, uh, the FedEx chairman, and of course he threatened to strip away FedEx from the FedEx field, uh, you know, uh, corporate signage and all that, and that all spurred the name change from Redskins to a temporary name of Washington Football Team. Is it too just bottom line elementary to connect that? This action may have led, may have led to Fred digging in on behalf of FedEx and saying, "The hell with you, Dan. Now we're going to ruin you." Um, I, I do tend to think all of these dots are connected. Um, you know, I'm not a big tinfoil hat guy, but I, I look at all these different little stories, right? FedEx pulling the name sponsorship, the congressional hearing, right? The former, you know, employees speaking out. I do think all of these are connected and by one real common nucleus, right? 
Dan Snyder's like brazenness not to accept culpability for yeah. anything, never to like put his hand up and say like, mea culpa, my bad, we'll do it better this time. It just, you know, Snyder seems to be one of these people that looks in the mirror and thinks that he's the greatest of all time and that he should be etched into Mount Rushmore. And I think that's how the people in, you know, the D.C. area nationally view the situation. So when you are that, you know, emboldened and you just you, you can never admit fault for anything, I think it rubs people the wrong way. And then you have people that, you know, might be a little bit more incentivized to come after you. That's why you have, like, I don't know, 100 former employees that are speaking to Congress against you, right? It doesn't always happen. I, I think for a lot of people, you get a job with, uh, you know, the Washington Commanders. It's a dream job. You always want to work in the NFL. And then you have a large percentage of them wanting to go to Congress and speak out against you. So that's by no means normal. Uh, so I, I do think all these things are connected. And I do think, you know, um, I don't think the FedEx thing uh, was by any, by any means a coincidence. And, uh, you know, again, I, I said it online, but, you know, I, I think you guys are aware of what, what I think happened here. This, uh, you know, the more serious bleep. I've been looking at that. I think it came out in December of 2020, right, right around there. Mm-hmm. And for two and a half years, while we've got different stories about, you know, institutional controls and the two books, I'm like, I don't think, I don't think that's exactly what Moog's referring to. Like, what, like, I don't know if Moog would know about the two sets of books. I don't know if he would know all this stuff. But after two years, I looked at the story yesterday, you know, that, that uh, you know, Tom Benata has, and I'm like, wait a minute, this checks all of the boxes, right, something that right. John Moog would know that seems to be the more serious bleep yep. and yep. one that would turn this into a bleep show. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's why I kind of allude to you guys. Is John Moog's client, John Moog's the attorney for the three minority partners, the one that sold out mm-hmm. for $875 million. One little nugget for you guys. Um, last I checked, right, Dan Snyder was looking for a number, at least reportedly, of $7 billion for the team. Spring of 2021, the team was sold 40% at a valuation closer to like two and a half billion. So my question to you guys, right? I'm talking about fraud and cooking the books and different allegations of that sort. How does a team go up in valuation from $2.8 billion, a lot of money, to $7 billion in a year and a half? So either the insider's asking for a number he knows he can't get, which is possible, or the valuations that were given to these minority partners back in you know, uh, spring of 2021 those might have been depressed to kind of give them a different valuation. So I, I would keep a, keep a very close eye on these minority partners for cooperation with the feds, maybe a lawsuit of their own if there was some fraud involved in the sale of 40% of their team. So I, I wouldn't rule those guys out. Mm. Dan, I'll let you out on this. Uh, Snyder is insistent on this indemnity. What is he so hard up for tra- running from – uh, that he is desperate for indemnity here. What's he? What is he running from? What does he not want to be, uh, you know, sued for and, and other types of things that he's trying to find get protection for? Yeah, I'm reading the same reports that you guys are. The way that story came out, I think the Post was the first that had it, and they essentially said like he wants indemnity tied to tied to future legal claims relating to the sale. That's at least. So I'm like, well, what what could he be sued for relating to the sale of the team? And then I thought about it, similar to the concept that we just talked about. Yeah, just exactly what you said, yeah. Right. If the books are opened up, that could open up the floodgates to a lot of potential litigation, right? This $4.5 million expense with the uh, team decal on his private plane, the yachts, and all these different personal expenses. If the books are opened up and it reveals some fraud that was previously unknown, it's a big issue. And we read Don's story. There has been seemingly an unwillingness by Dan Snyder to open up the books and give full unfettered access for a number of years. So if you want to sell the team very publicly, you probably have to give that level of access now. 
who knows what skeletons are parked under there. So that's it's my opinion. It's my best guess. Um, I don't, but I don't, again, I don't think those two stories are unrelated. Danny, as always, buddy, appreciate you taking some uh, time for us. And uh, the, the beauty of this is every day or every couple of days, something seems to come out. So it keeps us all busy uh, talking about it. Appreciate a few minutes this morning, my friend. Have a great day. At Thanks, this rate, Jimmy. I'm going to learn everybody at the Team 980. I'm, uh, <laughs> I think I'm like your official guy. I'll take it. Absolutely. We love you. Thanks, so I was talking. So I was talking about, you know, he and I were messaging. In fact, Danny reached out to me yesterday, and I was like, yeah. I said, you know, I said, I heard you on with, like, somebody on the fan, and I heard you with, you know, Scott Jackson on the Team 980. I said, I didn't want to continue to, you know, fire upon you, right. uh, you know, just to give you uh, some time to uh, – decompress a little bit but man he sees fantastic he's at, good. At, at this stuff so the one question i forgot to ask him mm-hmm. and i don't know if it makes a hill of difference at all what if this was the green bay packers where there's a different type of ownership well where there is no owner and it's right, all right. stock mm-hmm. and therefore there's there therefore it's not like private business and shareholders it's stock i mean which is essentially shareholders, Mm -hmm. but meaning there isn't like individual partners per se. There's, I mean, you're talking about, again, stock and all. I will ask him offline that question for you. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Because it's a completely, it's a completely different, the, the ultimate question would be in my mind is if it were the Packers, who, what individual within that setup could actually do something like get a loan in an improper way, leveraging the, only the guy club. I can think of is Mark Murphy, the former Redskin. Yeah, because right? he's the he's president, the president yeah. CEO, right? I mean, but he would have to have a massive line of yeah. checks and balance, just like I yeah. told you when I was running a boys and girls club. Yeah. I demanded we have double signatures, yeah. so that way one person right. could not sure. influence without someone else knowing. Sure. You know, because we read so many horror stories about. Uh, you know, youth clubs and YMCA's and everything like that, where people have kind of siphoned off yeah. uh, money. So it, it's just that that's a fascinating setup as to if that would even be possible uh, without an army of people knowing uh, publicly because right. of the uniqueness of that right. uh, ownership situation there in Green Bay. Still some stuff that we didn't get to on this. Chris and I want to get to that uh, today. Coming up. At 11.30, we have a very special guest. I'm excited. He hails from Austria. I'm excited. He's a star. He's a big silly. He's a big silly. And he's got a chop like your idol. Look, it's funny you say that because when Essig threw that little video clip on our show uh, uh, timeline thing today, I was like, my God, that reminds me so much of... Ric Flair. I mean, it Every is. Every time I see him. It's it's it's, it's amazing. Yeah, well, the intercontinental yes. heavyweight champion of the world. Gunther. Oh, wow. Did you hear that? I heard it. Mm, we I heard it. it. We felt it, baby. Felt He'll it. be here on Friday night at Capital One Arena and on Fox for WWE that SmackDown. Shook my He'll pecs. join us at 1130. Just listening to it. And I've got some pecs. 301, 230, I, I've got pecs. They're just, not, they're just not very good. We will get to you today. We had so much yesterday to get to with all this information and everything. Also with Kim English joining us yesterday. He was fabulous. Uh, We've got more for you coming up on the Dan Snyder situation. Uh, Obviously, Ron Rivera 
talked a lot yesterday out at the Combine. We'll react to what Ron had to say as well because ultimately, no matter what happens with Dan, this team's got to get through a Combine. It's got to get to free agency. It's got to get to the draft. We've got a lot of football uh, to get to between now and OTAs. That is important for the team as well. We'll talk about it with you this morning on a Wednesday show right here on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Cowbell. You too, Russell, could be a musician. We'll just let you play Cowbell. Did they always play this at, like, the Cow Palace in San Jose? Or I don't know. Maybe you could go San there and Jose? start that. Was it San Jose? Yeah, the Cow, Cow Palace, Palace in San, San Jose. Jose. Mm-hmm. It can't, can't be still standing, could it? They had to knock that down, right? It's like... I, mean, I don't hear references sharks, to it. I mean, they, that's where I think the California, Gold, uh, California the, Golden what, Seals, who Golden became the Minnesota Seals, North right? Stars. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, see? I think that's Look at that. The, I Look think that. that's where they used to play. They used to have some wrestling events over at the Cow Palace. I think it was in San Jose or or somewhere in that area. Used to have the California Golden Seals, the Cleveland Barons. Mm, there you go. It's amazing to me that Cleveland doesn't have an a NHL, team, yeah. you know, a hockey team in Columbus does of all places. Um my only guess was when they decided to go to Columbus instead of trying to shoehorn it into Cleveland and it was just a guess. Because that's not a that's a good point that you make, is we want to be in as many different markets that don't have NBA teams so that we're not fighting tooth and the nail. The Cow Palace, by the way, still exists. Really? AEW will be there tonight. No kidding. How about that? It opened in April of nineteen forty one. I did not know how about that? Pulling that out of my you-know-where and not even realizing it was still there. And then our other pals at AEW. Again, Dynamite tonight. How about that? I might actually... I Like, I, I got to watch some George Mason tonight because they, they've got the game against Fordham. We had Kim English on. Go check that out. Uh, from yesterday, Maddie's got a podcast for you. I got that. I've got a little Wednesday night TNT hockey. Uh, the Wizards with a big win last night. They're not playing tonight, I don't think, right? Uh, is that Thursday night? It was a great fourth I, quarter I by Washington because oh. they they were yeah. they were on the verge of losing again. Mm-hmm. Hawks were in charge for the better part of three quarters. Bradley Beal, right. hey, Bradley Beal last night would not let them lose. Yeah. He was terrific. Kept making shots, 37 season high for Brad as they come from behind to win it 119 to 116. Kuz was great, too. We um, talked about it. They've got a no bunch Porzingis, of games. No Porzingis, no Monte Morris. They have a bunch of games with Atlanta coming up here where they can affect the yep. teams around them in the standings. Yep. So it's important to get wins, especially on the road uh, like that, down in the ATL. Uh, before we move to uh, on to Ron at the Combine, let, let's finish up anything from the Dan Snyder part that – we may not have gotten to yesterday. Maybe important going forward. Obviously, our guy Boston DG wanted to know: Does you know, in terms of the sale, how does this right. affect football uh, going forward? Just to, for those that weren't with us when we touched on it uh, yesterday, it's important. It's it, it's important because of what we and Ron exactly. Ron told you exactly, almost word for word, what I told you on the show yesterday about the Duran Payne franchise tag a it's our commitment to showing him that hey we're serious about negotiating with you going forward but 
we just need time right now right. because of this ownership situation but, but that's going on. But it's amazing because the first thing out of Ron's mouth yesterday, the first thing, I think this was the side session with um, with Finley JP and, the locals. and Ben Standig mm-hmm. and Nikki and Sam and David Harrison, mm-hmm. okay, uh, of, of Locked on Commanders. The, the first thing, and, and again, th- this was, I think, different than the podium, which is what a lot of people heard. But the first thing was it, it has no effect on, on uh, our free agency plans and football, meaning the sale process. Dan's been nothing but supportive. We've told him exactly what we want to do, blah, 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 blah. Now, how if- much of that do you think, though, is Dan knowing that the new owner is essentially going to inherit whatever they're paying and all this other stuff outside of tech. I mean, technically if they sign a guy in free agency, you know, when does that contract start as to who is responsible for paying like the signing bonus, which you get right away. Yeah. I don't know that that type of stuff. I don't know. Does that wait until the owner? Cause they get, they get in the form of 17 checks, right? During the game, during the season, but signing bonus is different. Right. Does than signing that. bonus does that money come before those game? Honestly, checks? I don't. I, I I think so is the answer. I mm-hmm. think you. I think if it's signing bonus, you get now. There's ways to negotiate signing bonus where an agent might say, um, if it's a twenty million dollar signing bonus, I get my client gets twelve million upfront upon signing, and then he gets the remaining eight million. One year from now, or six months from mm-hmm. now, or nine months from now. That's a negotiated thing, but it's all fully guaranteed if it's signing bonus. Right. So I knew that. Again, that's what I'm saying. I, Who's if, responsible if we're talking for about that. Deron Payne, right? And we were talking about yesterday how it would cost probably a minimum of fifty-five to sixty million dollars to get in fully guaranteed funds, signing bonus and roster bonus, maybe in year one, whatever, how that would get paid. You would need at least 55, 60 fully guaranteed. Most of that would get paid, maybe not all of it. Most of that would get paid upon signing, which if Dan Snyder's still technically the owner, and I don't see any way that he wouldn't be the owner. Um certainly not, you know, by I mean like the, not this even if you sell. The the ink and the transaction right. and all that stuff probably not going down till sometime in May or right. even even June. if you meaning even, even if, if you, you agree, agree to a right. deal exactly and that's key mm-hmm. right so Dan I think would have to pay that I think if I have that right again roster bonus different guaranteed base salary different fully guaranteed if it's written that way but base salary again if it's guaranteed base salary that is where you're coming from mm-hmm. where it gets paid in the 17 but now remember they do it in like i think they changed it like a year or two ago to like 24 installments instead of 17 i could be wrong uh, yeah, on so the it number. stretches out their paychecks exactly, a little bit further right exactly because basically you know they they weren't getting paid essentially for training camp. They certainly weren't getting paid for OTAs and whatnot. But training camp being mandatory, the preseason being mandatory, it makes sense that they should get you know weekly paychecks or whatever uh, during that. Here, um, before we get to, to Ron, I, I just wanted to bounce this off of you because we were talking with Dan uh, obviously to start, and and Dan was talking about how what might lead to Dan Snyder getting in more legal trouble in terms of where he was 
cooking the books or where um, where he misled his partners or where his partners got jobbed on money, right? So I pulled back up the original stories from the end of March 2021 when the sale went through. Okay, So now we're almost two years later. He sold the team again for 800 or the 40% stake for rough. I'm sorry. He bought the team roughly 40% stake for 875, including the NFL approved debt waiver of 450 million. Just move that aside for now, right? Take the 875, 40% of that. As Dan pointed out, if that's 40%, roughly then the team would be valued based on a 100% at like 2.5. Six two point seven billion dollars, okay. right? And that's the valuation that when uh, Dan was talking about the actual valuation, right? But remember, Forbes had it at back then at five point six billion. Mm-hmm. Okay, and everybody said, "Well, the reason why the reason why the eight seventy five is not equaling out to 40% is because they were desperate, meaning Rothman, Shar, and Smith to get out, one. Two, that because they had a 40% share and Dan had a majority share, that's why the 40% share that they were selling off that he was buying wasn't worth exactly 40% of the team's estimated worth. So again, the team was estimated by Forbes, which could be completely wrong, at like roughly 5.6. 40% of 5.6 would be in the $2 billion range, okay, wherever it was. Ultimately, 40%, 40.5% of what they of what Dan paid, again, $875 million, would mean that the team value, essentially based on a 100% share, is somewhere in the mid-twos. Okay. Does that make sense? So that's a, so. In other words, the question ultimately becomes: Is were Dwight, Fred, and Bob shorted about ding, roughly three hundred and fifty million? Uh maybe more than that. Maybe more than that because the, theoretically, right? Oh, no, ag- no, you're right. You're again, right. Again, eight seventy five to two point. Right. Like, like Dan's point is, is wait, D- wow, Dan Snyder wants reportedly at least six billion. We've heard seven billion. Mm-hmm. We know what the Broncos sold for. We know what the uh, Carolina Panthers before all this sold for. The Carolina Panthers sold for like two point two billion, and supposedly David Tepper got a deal on that. Okay, so okay, there's deals, whatever. My point is, is forty percent of the team's purchase should not have been valued at 875 million should have been two and change it should have been well maybe not two and change that's a true 40% based on again estimated but somewhere but higher it should have been than 1. what 1.7 1.8 whatever the number is it should have been a lot higher than ultimately what it is so here's my question and Dan alluded to this did did Dan Snyder Cook the books in some way to lower their to amount. lower his purchase price of the remaining forty percent. Meaning, you guys, you clowns want out. We we're going to divorce court. You want one point six, one point seven, one point eight, two, whatever it means, billion dollars. No, 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 no. Forty percent. The the team's only worth. Look, the Carolina Panthers just sold within the last year, year and a half for two point two billion or two point three billion or whatever it is. This team's only worth two point six, two point seven billion. Forty percent of that is roughly 
what you so what you bought the remit so again and was that cooking the books or was that an honest valuation based on not having a new stadium based on what the Carolina Panthers had just what previously sold for what do we talk about for? all the time with the salary cap chris you can you can do creative financing yes. with the salary cap cuz people often wonder how the hell did that team yes. sign that person at that rate correct okay so there's, is that cooking the books? I don't know. Is it just creative finance? I don't know. That and 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 that's what they claim about the ticket revenue stuff, right? All that Jason Friedman and others have accused them. It's not cooking the books. It's not denying the NFL money. It's essentially the grand term creative financing. Does my point about the whole purchase price for Dan of the remaining forty percent? Yeah, because sense? these guys. Makes yeah, because sense, these right? guys feel like they were shorted right. some money. Exactly. That's why they are continuing their exactly. best way to be a pain in Dan's side through Al- all of this, along with the fifty-five million dollar loan without authorization or without proper authorization. So you have a couple of things working here. And as Dan pointed out, and Dan's much more responsible and smarter than I am, just because the feds are involved doesn't mean that there's charges coming or that there's going to be I charges wonder, filed, but they are looking but into But I wonder it. if there's a concern on the behalf of the three minority owners that with Dan taking out that loan while they were minority owners, correct? if they default on that loan... Will the minority shareholders have any culpability because they are technically associated at that point as part of the ownership group? That's a great question. Didn't think about that. That's why I'm here. I mean, I, I mean, you like we didn't find out in any of this reporting by Don Van Atta that the actual loan has been repaid, right? I didn't no, see no. that anywhere. Right? No, I mean, not a look. I mean, that's why. Right. That's what part of this is right. right now is he's got a loan with the NFL. Yeah. He's got this $55 million loan. Right. I mean, he is leveraged. Yes. In- well, which is why I keep saying he's got no cash flow. I mean, no cash flow. He can go to Starbucks and get a Vente Latte Mucha Caca Latte. But for, he, for $5.60? But, but he can't... He. I mean, he can't, I don't think, from what I've heard and from what other people have speculated and know, I don't think he can poke out $60 I mean, million default, dollars in fully guaranteed funds up front for Deron Payne. If he and or, quote, the commander's organization defaults on this $55 million loan because of what the structure was when this loan was executed, I, I legitimately wonder if, if the three minority owners feel or are worried that they are part of the, the culpability yep. and will suffer any financial setback. Not that, you know, I mean, they're all three very rich people, but will they suffer some sort of financial uh, penalty because they were connected as part of the ownership group that took this loan out? Because technically they took the loan out mm-hmm. under the pretenses yes. of the Washington football team. I'll just say this also. This was not a personal loan it, to Dan it, Snyder. It, this was to the Washington football franchise. If they only got $875 million for their 40% stake, and then out of $875 million you have to pay taxes, whatever, mm-hmm. how, what, sure. whatever the tax structure, capital whatever the gains. tax rate, capital gains. Plus you have to pay Moag, the guy that, it, mm-hmm. That that John was Moog. Rep- uh, Moog, whatever I thought it was Moag, no, but Moog, whatever sure Moog. that was representing uh, them, and also threatening Dan. You know what I know, and da 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 da. They got to pay him. They got to pay yeah, presumably wait a minute, lawyers. Wait a minute though. They maybe hey, walked away with 
Three hundred million. Now the we three know of what John Moog was talking yes. about, though. Yes, but you it all makes absolutely. sense now. It did at the time. Absolutely, it did but at we the knew time, there was a smoking gun. Right now, right. yes, yes. But but I guess what I'm saying is, you start whittling down that eight hundred and seventy-five million between taxes, lawyers, John Moog, and and this one and that one. Those guys may have walked away with like a hundred, hundred and fifty million dollars each, net, which is still a. a, a fortune but i mean when you own when you when you're an owner and in the nfl and you own combined 40 percent, you don't expect to walk away with 875 million before taxes and before lawyers yeah well and there are lawyers that's for sure but now we know what john moog was talking about it all makes sense now it always makes sense when russell tells us what's trending I don't know about that. If you missed our conversation with Dan Luss, sports lawyer, expert, uh, and attorney, uh, and sports law professor. We started off the show with that, all the breakdown, and then the ensuing discussion as the Dan Snyder situation continues to unfold. No new news this morning, at least that we're aware of. We will keep you up to date and continue to talk about it, what the impact is on the Washington Commanders from a free agent perspective. As Pete mentioned, Ron Rivera speaking yesterday in a couple of different sessions. We'll go over all of that coming up right here, and especially during touchdown at 10. Of course, Deron Payne getting the franchise tag, uh, the team making a bunch of coaching staff additions and changes, including Kenny Zampezi bumped up from quarterbacks coach to a game management coach. Meanwhile, the Wizards, as we said, with a come-from-behind win last night in Atlanta, one. 19-116 over the Atlanta Hawks. They host the Toronto Raptors tomorrow night. Capital One Arena, 7 o'clock right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app, and that's what's trending. When People are arguing with each other, and they say obscure things like, you know we know things. And of course, we blow it off a lot of times. I blow it off when Russell sits across from me and says, I've been told and I can't say. But you know what? Just like in his situation, just like when John Moog said, and I wouldn't say threatened Dan Snyder, but mentioned reminded Dan Snyder that, hey, we know the same things you know, and now now it all makes sense. It's taken a long time for the information to come out, but all of it now backs up what Moog said when Dan Snyder said he has things allegedly on other owners and the league, we now know what that is at minimum at minimum it's it's the allowing of them and allowing Dan to circumvent policy they get they essentially fronted him the money to get rid of these minority owners who at that time Goodell and the league looked at basically as troublemakers they're making life difficult for us so what happens what happens in in the cases of big money When someone starts to voice complaints, what do we try to do? We try to buy them off. 
in big business, we try to say, hey, how much money is it going to cost us to make you go away? And that's exactly what happened here. So when Dan said he's got stuff on on the other owners and Roger Goodell, now we know what that is. It's the circumventing circumventing of their policy and bylaws to allow the transaction that went down the way it did. So all these people that said, we know things and, and we know what you did. It's taken us a long time to circle back to here. But now we all know what it means. It all makes perfect sense. And it's still one gigantic cluster, you know what, right now for the league to settle, settle, the legalese to settle, and of course the biggest step is for Dan to eventually sell the team, get all that money on hand, and then start making reparations to all the people that he owes at this point. Ron Rivera talked at the Combine yesterday. His thoughts on Sam Howell, the team, Deron Payne, and more. We'll talk about that next in Touchdown at 10, 1130 this morning. Gunther from WWE, the Intercontinental Champion, joins us as well. Action-packed final two hours plus your contributions at 301-230-0980. All ahead of the next two hours right here on Russell and Medhurst on the Team 980 streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. 